Welcome to Cryptic Chronicles, a show all about exploring everything mysterious, unexplained, and weird in our world. Today on the show, we're going to start a whole series um, all about CERN conspiracy theories, as requested by supporter Mr. Wigglesworth. And there are a lot of people that got a lot to say about CERN these days. It seems like ever since its very inception, there have been people questioning just what CERN is up to, and who's to blame them. So starting in this first episode, we're just going to do kind of an overview of a lot of the ideas and conspiracies surrounding CERN, and then follow up in continuing episodes that go deeper, more of a deep dive into specific categories of this conspiracy theory. Is the Large Hadron Collider opening up a portal that will bring Cthulhu through? Or are they just innocent physicists trying to do science stuff? I'll let you decide, but let's just hop right into it, because it's time to get weird. I'm your host, Tim Hacker, and you're listening to Cryptic Chronicles. This is, this is the way. This is the way. These, these entities, they would congregate. European Organization for Nuclear Research, aka CERN, was actually established all the way back in 1954 in Switzerland. It is group effort though, an amalgamation of European states, and has had a huge influence on the scientific world since its inception. And with such a famous and well-known laboratory responsible for a plethora of scientific discoveries, it's no wonder many people worldwide have had questions about CERN for decades. It is a source of a whole bunch of conspiracy theories that have consistently pissed off the scientific community, which is hilarious. So, you know, there must be something in some of them somewhere that's somewhat legitimate. Truth doesn't have to defend itself, and something that can't be questioned cannot be the truth. However, the real eruptions of conspiracies surrounding CERN didn't occur until the activation of the Large Hadron Collider, which is the largest machine on Earth specializing in smashing subatomic particles together. These ideas surrounding how the Collider could destroy Earth altogether are myriad, but range from opening portals to hell itself, to fracturing space-time itself, and if you're a fan of the Doom game franchise, People basically say that the Collider could do what happened in those games, and open up a hell dimension, leading to the demise of humanity in the most horrific way possible. Originally CERN was all about nuclear research, but left that in the dust a long time ago. Since then, it has committed itself to the research of quantum physics essentially, and a huge amount of it all about string theory. You know, since 
Einstein's string theory is their thing. And it's funny because as a physicist, if you're not doing some type of work connected to string theory, then you don't get any funding. And feel bad for any scientist that does go against the ideas of string theory, because it would be analogous to saying Jesus isn't real back in medieval Italy. You would get exiled and demonized by the scientific community, which is, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I actually really do enjoy quantum physics and string theory, but this is more like scientism where it's like a belief structure, not real science. Science that can't be questioned isn't science. So this would probably fall into scientism. But personally, like I said, I'm totally down with string theory. So don't get me wrong. I just don't like the paper walls and ceilings put around researchers concerning things that go outside the accepted reality tunnel of the scientific community. It is after all self-evident from history how ridiculous it is to do that. If you look it up though, you will find people on both sides saying that string theory is fact and it is false, but personally I'm really into the paradigm like of it and physics, quantum physics as a whole. I said it before on my show, my mom is, uh, she taught this stuff, but my point is just that they are really into string theory and claim to be looking into the possibility of the multiverse of many other parallel universes, dimensions, realities, all that good stuff. And specifically, there are many religious groups that are extremely resistant to CERN because they consider it like a second tower of Babel, like humans playing God, if you will. Humans messing with stuff that they were never meant to mess with. Humans gaining knowledge that they were never meant to have, etc. And if you look at the biblical prophecy, there is actually a lot that are seemingly being fulfilled in our modern times. No joke. And CERN is definitely one of these, but I'm going to wait to go into that in the next episode on CERN. But they basically think that the Hadron Collider is opening up portals to hell or the spirit world. So there's that as well. They look at CERN like a group of mad scientists in a Lovecraftian story, and they're not wrong. And just to be clear... There's a difference between CERN and the, the Large Hadron Collider. A lot of people that just have like surface knowledge of this stuff, they think that CERN is the collider. CERN is like the company and the grounds where all these experiments take place. It's a laboratory. The Large Hadron Collider is the thing over opening up portals. So, just to be clear. The Hadron Collider was first starting to get going on September 10th, 2008. But the first, like, legitimate experiments with subatomic particles, that didn't happen until 2010. Some people say that the collider didn't get started until 2012. But this is actually just a misunderstanding. The ATLAS and CMS experiments didn't start until 2012, which are the ones that we are worried about, FYI. But it was actually up and running before then. However... 2012 is when the reality-destroying experiments people love to talk about did begin. Oddly, to the people who are into the biblical prophecy stuff, when the collider was turned on, allegedly there was like a trumpet-like sound that occurred all over the world, all at the same time, as in one of the seals being broken in biblical prophecy of the book of Revelation. There are some cool videos on this alleged trumpet-like sound heard around the world. I suggest you check them out. And allegedly these horn hum sounds caused nausea, sleeplessness, 
and horrific nightmares, which is pretty creepy. And the sky trumpets all originate from CERN. Well, the day it was turned on, I guess. Anyway, so far, the greatest discovery of the Large Hadron Collider is the discovery of the God Particle, or the Higgs boson, as well as neutral particles named neutrinos. A whole new particle we didn't even know existed before. The God Particle is essentially antimatter, which was just a theory, but not in fact until the Collider discovered it. The God Particle is a field that goes through all matter on subtle levels essentially connecting everything in existence at once. It's pretty much Nikola Tesla's ether, which they probably should have credited him with. And it sounds kind of like the, the Force from Star Wars, huh? So, the universe is made up of matter, dark matter, and antimatter, and the matter we see and touch actually just make up a small portion of existence. These particles all vibrate differently which creates different patterns, and some patterns especially manifest us and our existence. That's why we all share like the same DNA no matter what organic thing is on Earth, but we still come out unique with uh, small differences. Particles only gain mass by how they interact with the field. This field goes through everything and is part of everything. The cells that make up your body only manifest in the design that they do that makes you you because of how these particles have a relationship with this field. CERN discovered that nothing exists without this energy field, and it falls behind the veil of perceptible reality. Sounds similar to stuff said in esoteric circles since the dawn of history, so it's good that science finally caught up, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm joking there, but I, I guess from a certain point of view, yeah. That same literal idea has been around for a long time, like since the dawn of history, just from the subjective cultural filters of our ancestors. You find the same exact idea in Hinduism, Buddhism, um, plethora of other esoteric or religious spiritual beliefs. It's all over the place. So it's interesting that the ancient spiritual wisdom aligns with modern science on this matter. Don't tell the scientists that, though. It will really piss them off. They hate that the particle was named the God Particle. Like, they really, 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 really hate it. They don't like anything outside their, like, secular scientism view of things, I guess. But with this discovery came a warning from Stephen Hawking, before his death, obviously, that messing with the field would cause a series of events that would lead to the vacuum collapse of the universe itself. So not only did they discover the God Particle, but they also could have discovered how to destroy reality. They also created the World Wide Web back in 1989. So that's pretty cool too, I guess. And if I kind of jump the gun and you don't know what particles are, they are like microscopic elements that are building blocks for literally everything in existence, everything in the universe. And subatomic particles are even smaller. In fact, the closer we look, the more, I think I've said this before, like, the closer we look, the more it gets, like, we, the more that we realize there's more to the puzzle. And the more that there is, the smaller things get, ironically. And CERN's mission is to analyze and research these particles and how they interact. In doing so, it's probably possible that humanity can better understand the fundamental forces that run existence, like the universe. 
It can show us how gravity works, space-time, and the very matter that make up the human body. But most importantly, how to manipulate those things to our advantage. So the Hadron Collider smashes high-energy particle beams at insane speeds, almost reaching the speed of light. In doing this, they can better understand the very origin of matter. And let's go over some early theories. These theories go back even before it was completed, actually. When the collider was having issues getting built up and good to go back in the 2000s. Conspiracy theories already had um, their hand in the game, I guess. They, uh, like one of the early ones is saying that a time traveler from the future came back to sabotage the project. And that's why it was having difficulties getting up and running. And then he even used a time traveling bird with a baguette for the sabotage. But these early conspiracies actually get pretty dark too, and there was a lot of hype around it on national televisions and other countries that were talking about all the scary stuff that people were mentioning. And in 2008, a young girl named Chaya in India took her own life after watching all the hyped up stuff of the Hadron Collider, all the things it could do if things went wrong. And it frightened her so bad that she decided to end it all rather than face the possible horror that was going to happen when the machine was turned on. Tragic. But you can see just how far back these conspiracies go that many people find incredibly terrifying. Probably one of the most prominent theories about the Hadron Collider that freaked people out actually came from Stephen Hawking, uh, saying if we messed with the God Particle, it would destabilize the matter in the universe itself. There also quickly came about a whole religious side to the conspiracies about CERN, like I already mentioned, and the Collider, with some even going as far to claim that the Collider is fallen angel technology, and they are trying to recreate the Big Bang, which is the moment that Satan and his angels were cast out of heaven. We'll get more into that stuff later. Another early conspiracy is that the Collider was made using Nikola Tesla's earthquake machine, like one of his lost inventions. The earthquake machine was actually responsible for a series of unusual earthquakes across the planet, they say. But you have to ask yourself, why would there be so much fear surrounding the collider even before it was fully built? Well, that's because, obviously, theorists have not only said that it could destroy the planet, but the universe itself, along with like famous physicists and scientists. Those are some pretty bold claims, and you know it doesn't really get take too much to hype up fear in the masses. There have even been multiple lawsuits trying to shut down CERN over human rights violations on the grounds that the Hadron Collider is so dangerous that, you know, we can't allow this to keep on going. It could destroy everybody. But what these lawsuits revealed is that CERN is a sovereign entity outside the jurisdiction of courts, and the courts weren't going to do anything about CERN, no matter how many lawsuits were filed. Which is in a really big red flag, at least... <laughs> To anybody with half a brain. Um, I'd say that dangerous experiments from a group that is outside the law and can't be held accountable for anything, that's bad. And that's uh, like nothing bad that they could ever happen from their work. They're not accountable for. That's pretty unnerving. And definitely justifies the fear and suspicion that many people have towards CERN. They can just do whatever they want. And these people have admitted to messing with black holes and the fabric of reality that they themselves like um, 
are 95% ignorant about, but they can do whatever they want, with no consequences. And this is just a massive yikes for a lot of people, and I definitely agree. They should have an ability to be held accountable for what they do, and they should be under strict observation. And like so many things, the surface level presentation is usually ingenuous, and people looking at certain things no different. Why is it questioning what these people are up to? Many believe there are secret projects going on at CERN hidden from the public, and even most of the military and government officials of Europe. These black budget projects are nothing new to the United States, so it makes sense there would be these types of secret experiments going on over there as well. Oh, and just to clarify really quick, I'm not trying to confirm or deny any of this stuff. <clears throat> it's just kind of common sense. After all, anyone who isn't suspicious of establishment powers doing shady stuff behind the scenes has a very poor knowledge of history. But I am going to try and present all this stuff with as little bias as possible. And I assure you it's going to get pretty out there. But you probably already expected that. And you might think that people saying that the Large Hadron Collider could destroy the universe is kind of an extreme thing to say. You know, even despite it coming from people like Stephen Hawking. But where they're coming from is the scientists at the Collider have admitted to messing with things like black holes and purposely opening up portals to other dimensions, either to send something through or receive something back. This is the official people who work there saying this stuff. But there's many other reasons why people are worried as well, especially with like the symbolism that CERN uses. And they also say that they want to create artificial black holes to study dark matter, and black holes are kind of a bad thing for things that are living. So it could be kind of bad for us, especially if our planet is destroyed by being sucked into artificial black holes that are out of their control. And then again, who knows on top of that what they aren't telling us. What's going on behind the scenes? Since they're not accountable to anybody, it could be anything. And however, I, you know, I should probably state that you shouldn't worry about this. This stuff can make people paranoid. Just take it all with a grain of salt. But let's check out some of this CERN symbolism that people are so worried about. To which admittedly it does get pretty weird and pretty questionable. One of the main things that those in the know worry about concerning CERN and its symbolism is... These supposedly secular scientists use Shiva the Destroyer or the image of Shiva as the Destroyer as their mascot of all things. The Hindu god has the ability to deconstruct the universe. Now, I think that people who instantly take the black pill about seeing Shiva just have kind of a low or not really... They just have a low understanding of such topics. So though you may find that in other people who talk about this topic, I'm not going to go into that polarized stuff. Shiva represents creation as well as destruction. There's nothing inherently evil about Shiva. Shiva is a force of the universe being embodied. Or forces of the universe being embodied, I should say. There's nothing evil about a supernova, it's just a supernova. There's nothing evil about asteroids destroying planets that lead microbes to other planets to um, plant life there. It's just asteroids being asteroids. And there's many different aspects to Shiva, so... But, I mean, it still is weird. A weird thing to display at their headquarters, even if it was a gift from India. I should really just play along with the other conspiracy theorists. 
because they, when you go deeper into it, they actually connect Shiva the Destroyer to all kinds of other archetypal god forms, archetypal gods and angels and demons based on destruction or associated with destruction. Shiva does a cosmic dance in Hindu lore, and this hidden dance is supposed to manifest reality. To the scientists, they say that this dance is analogous to subatomic particles performing a secret dance behind the scenes that literally manifest material matter. Remember the god particle I mentioned earlier? The field that dances with vibration to manifest all things in material matter. So there's actually somewhat of a good reason for CERN to have uh, Shiva as their mascot as a symbol of CERN. But the best lies always have a little bit of truth in them. And these people have been accused of using Illuminati symbolism many times. More than once. Also, right there in their main logo. The swirling design that they say is supposed to represent the accelerator chain and the particle tracks. But what it also displays is three sixes. Yeah, you guessed it. 666, the mark of the beast from the book of Revelation. And this is one of the main things that really pisses off or, I mean, um, worries a lot of Christians who follow all this CERN stuff. Why the hell a PR team would give this thumbs up is, is anyone's guess, but it seems like they were either really stupid about it or it was done intentionally. To which symbolism of elites is done intentionally, especially in occult ways, according to all this lore. And we're going to get into the occult side of CERN right after this break. You're listening to Cryptic Chronicles. One thing you can invest in that does not lose value is gold and silver. There is no better place to go for financial security than GoldCo. Rated A-plus by the Better Business Bureau. Get the free 2023 Gold IRA Kit Americans are using to protect their retirement savings. Get your free 2023 Gold IRA Kit at goldcogoldkit.com. GoldCo is a leader in the precious metals industry. From Precious Metals IRA to direct purchases of precious metal coins and bars, we partner with individuals seeking to diversify and safely grow their retirement portfolios. Allow Gold Co. to make your gold and silver investments easy, seamless, and secure. Our investment is in good hands. Chuck Norris, what? Oh, I'm recording. $30 off weed with code PODCAST? Did someone say $30 off weed with code PODCAST? Amuse delivers over 500 high-quality cannabis products from the Bay Area brands you love at everyday low prices. You can also rest assured that everything will be up to your high standards. 
So what are you waiting for? Start shopping now at Amuse.com. Use promo code PODCAST to save 30 bucks off your next order. That's A-M-U-S-E dot com. Is your brain always hungry? Do you have a mental appetite that often goes unsated? You may be suffering from hungry brain syndrome, a debilitating and sometimes life-threatening condition experienced by humans who require double, sometimes even quadruple, the amount of mental nutrition needed to sustain the general population. But now there's help. For years, our dedicated team of world-class researchers have been developing a thicker, more nutrient-dense podcast specifically for sufferers of hungry brain syndrome. And now we want to share it with you. All you have to do is search for our podcast, The Whole Rabbit, in your podcast player of choice and select from one of our delicious flavors like Slovenian succubi, Gnosticism, or Ancient Egypt. It's no wonder The Whole Rabbit is the most recommended treatment for hungry brain syndrome on the market. So what are you waiting for? Try The Whole Rabbit today. Do not listen while deep sea diving. Side effects may include eating carrots and shooting lasers. There's a lot of people that say that CERN is into some pretty dark occult stuff. There's even a video out there of a girl being ritually sacrificed at the feet of Shiva over at the CERN headquarters, which you should totally go watch. Shell Media says that it's been debunked as fake, but there's still a lot of evidence at the same time that leads it's pretty sus. Decide for yourself. What's funny is the video is so legitimate seeming that they even made an official statement on it, saying that it was just certain employees playing around. It was a, uh, it was a joke, not serious. CERN kind of hinted that it was a stunt that went wrong and all the employees were fired, but then later say that they don't know who did it and then go back to saying the employees involved were fired for the prank. The story switching around is kind of a red flag for any sort of investigator that something is off and there is more to the story. But if you watch the video, it seems kind of serious. Forbes also says the video is fake, but I trust Forbes as far as I can throw them. It could be some kind of psyop or just BS, who knows. For my end and how the media react around it, it kind of makes me have my suspicions to be honest. There are people in the video that look like they came straight out of a Lovecraft story, complete with black robes and weird ritualistic behavior and everything. A woman is disrobed, then lays down, and someone stabs her with a knife, sacrificing her right then and there in front of Shiva at CERN headquarters. After the girl stabbed, the guy filming freaks out and runs off, and it seems, uh, I mean, he's a good actor if it's fake, but it all seems pretty, pretty trippy. You should definitely go watch the video, legitimate or not, who knows, but if it's true, then CERN is indeed into some pretty dark occult stuff. Then there's the whole tunnel opening thing. CERN was also host to an extremely bizarre tunnel opening ceremony that makes the occult symbolism at the Super Bowl look like child's play. It's called the Gothard Base Tunnel and is located right next to the CERN facility. The tunnel is basically the largest tunnel in the world, which goes directly through the Alps and took a while to dig out. On January 2016, it was ready for opening, and CERN performed an opening ceremony drenched in the occult. 
They had employees all dressed up in their work attire, motionless, with their mouths open and looking like they were in a trance with disturbing music playing in the background. Then, a bare-chested half-naked angel with a creepy mask on comes out and walks among the mindless people with loincloths surrounded by pillars. Then women dressed in black witch-like clothes come out carrying branches, and the woman in front is holding a lamb above her head as if it is being brought forth for sacrifice. Another rail car comes out of the tunnel, a bunch of demonic-looking creatures is bent over, moving around behind bars, and inside is also a horned animal-man hybrid with a goat standing tall over them and performing hand gestures and stuff like that. You could say it is a Satan-like creature. It appears to be ordering around the lesser monster-looking things, and he orders them off the cart and out of the bars, imprisoning them. Then the demonic goat-man jumps off and seems to fall into the trance and dance weirdly for the crowd. At one point, the demonic man's face is on a big screen, and giant Egyptian scarabs are descending over his face as if they're coming out of his mouth. Then the giant screen starts to turn into a bunch of eyeballs blinking, and it's all pretty weird for this secular scientific group to be performing all this stuff at a tunnel opening, right? I mean, you could be a skeptic as you want, and this is still pretty weird. There is also a mindless orgy simulation and miners are being sacrificed, which indeed, when the whole tunnel was being constructed, there were nine miners who died in the construction. But the ceremony makes it look as if they are being sacrificed to some unseen entity. There are pagan priests seeming to do some weird ritualistic stuff, and the miners turn into ghosts, and one of the ghosts has sex with the goat man, and again, a large focus on Goatman, demon-looking guy. Really weird. And they try to say that this is all just performance art. Probably not the best PR move to depict employees who died making the tunnel, like becoming ghosts. <laughs> and then have sex with like a demon Goatman. It's kind of common sense that the families of those miners would probably be pretty offended at that. I'm just guessing though. But it's all performative art. No, well, at least that's what they tell anybody who asks. So it's no big deal, right? It's also pretty messed up because it seems like they're insinuating that these miners were actually sacrificed to some entity on the mountain. To which the legend of the bridge that was in the area where the mountain was made actually has like a demon legend about it. How the devil was tricked to help him make the bridge. So, nothing to see here, just 600 people involved in an occult ritual for a tunnel opening where 9 people died. It's just performative art, oh, and these are all scientists, but nothing to see here, not a ritual, don't pay attention. It's just weird, right? I mean, I don't really know what's going on with this, but this is like incredibly sus. I know a thing or two more than the average Joe about esoteric topics, and wow. But it's all for science, guys, so don't pay attention. When I was doing my research, some of the people covering this said that the demon-looking guy, the goat hybrid guy, was Baphomet. You know, the ancient idol of the demon Baphomet. But the thing is, is that imagery of Baphomet actually isn't ancient at all. Well, I guess it could be considered old. It came about when Elphias Levy uh, depicted it that way back in the 1800s. So it's old, but not ancient. 
The Baphomet imagery of it pointing up and down and as a goat head didn't exist in ancient times and is less old than the United States as a sovereign nation. Also, according to Freemasonry and um, some other secret societies, the word Baphomet is a bastardization of the word Muhammad. This goes back to the legend that the Freemasons were Knights Templar, and they were actually very Gnostic in their views. They were down with all religions, and so venerated Muhammad of Islam as well as Jesus. But the language barrier was unique to the environment, so Muhammad became Baphomet. And the Templars actually did get along really well with the Muslims. They were allowed to excavate all kinds of archaeological sites that the Christians weren't allowed anywhere near to. You have to dig a little bit deeper to find this stuff, but it, this is true. The Knights Templar were really okay with all these other religions. The Knights Templar didn't venerate the goat being imagery of the Baphomet that is displayed today. In fact, their representation of Baphomet in some lore was actually just a decapitated head, which sounds dark, but I think is confused with John the Baptist veneration because, again, a lot of the people who covered this stuff about the Templars were their enemies. Their own records and all that stuff were destroyed when they were declared heretics and a lot of them were burned at the stake. So we don't really have a lot of information from people who were unbiased towards them. You can see how people who don't have all the information can lead to conclusions that are highly inaccurate that people just kind of accept offhand and everyone just goes with and it kind of cascades down through history. It's a snowball effect and becomes an accepted narrative. Now, I don't know if any of that stuff is true, just that what's the truth is usually deeper. And it is factual that the Baphomet imagery only came about in the 1800s. Those are, that's like, and some of the Templar stuff. That's the only stuff that I really think is factual there. Not saying that the other stuff isn't fact, though, just that I don't know. The Elphias Levy imagery of Baphomet doesn't represent the demon at all. Levy himself was not into any dark occult stuff. He did try it at one point, but then disavowed it. And what the image represents is essentially the natural forces of the universe. The natural forces of nature. These people who just parrot that Baphomet is a demon or whatever actually have no idea about this, this uh, secret knowledge. It's not necessarily seen as evil. But no matter what you say, there will always be people who will counter that with, It's a demon. So, don't try. Make your own conclusions. I just thought I'd clarify this because even though if they are wrong, the Baphomet imagery does not necessarily mean demonic stuff from the people who use it kind of a situation. It could be seen as a nature symbol, a universal symbol of the forces of the universe and stuff like that. So like neo-pagans could use it and they're not referencing demons like as in the Christian sense. I'm kind of going on and on about this, aren't I? Anyway, I'll get back to the topic. The ritual itself does say a lot, though. And if you're looking at it from a demonic perspective, it has a lot of metaphors to say. Symbolically, it seems like one could interpret the whole thing like a demonic power or otherworldly power had been released from the mountain. And some researchers say that the whole point of the Large Hadron Collider is to essentially part the veil and be able to tap into the spirit realm directly. They say the whole thing is about spiritual warfare, and depending on how polarized these researchers are, includes allowing the return of the old gods. You'll notice that this goat hybrid man 
Looks like some ancient gods, doesn't he? Uh, Cernerberus? Cernerber I don't know how to say his name. The Celtic god specifically, like, would, would later become the horned god, comes to mind. With an odd coincidence, his the first four letters of his name being Cern. They are trying to find ways to manipulate material matter itself through the very building blocks of reality, utilizing power gained from the spirit realm. However, despite all this crazy stuff, no one notices or questions them because they hide behind a shield of science. These more religious type of researchers also say that when they talk about experimenting with black holes, you should just switch the word with stargates or portals. And it's oddly pretty true that certain employees have referenced the word stargate in their experiments on official record. But... According to these people, what the CERN people say and what they mean are two very different things, and you have to read between the lines. They say that these black hole experiments have zero to do with outer space, and what they actually mean is that they're tapping into the spirit realm through artificial portals. They want to make openings to a spiritual dimension. And I think that we've all seen this plot in movies for decades, and allegedly having movies on this stuff is the whole point. You see, in the occult, there are certain rules and laws that you have to follow depending on the paradigm, and one of those is if you're manipulating people through occult means, then a lot of times you have to have an agreement that it's okay from the victim. You have to be open and show the victim what you're doing, as in permission in a way. Now, this... Permission does not have to be obvious. In fact, it rarely is. It's almost always more insidious and it's hidden from plain sight. But you have to be in the open about it and present it to the victim, whether they know it or not. And if that's confusing, I can give you an example. One can give permission to be abused or hurt or mistreated or even worse. Uh, simply by eating meat of an animal that has been tortured or abused. So, people who eat tortured animals, which used to be a very common practice for basically all fast food restaurants, are agreeing to they themselves being abused. Or worse. At least on an occult level. It is symbolism and metaphor and not necessarily ever obvious is how these things work. So, if you agree to abuse by eating tortured animal meat, they essentially get, on a spiritual sense, like a big macrocosm, microcosm kind of a thing, they essentially get like a get-out-of-jail-free card for their evil. But it also spirals way deeper than that as well, and darker and more malevolent. But I don't want to get into that here. However, according to these researchers, by watching these movies and going along with whatever subtle stuff is going on, you are not only agreeing on having these ideas injected into your psyche, but in some way there's some hidden contract to them. They say people are having spells being cast on them by watching these movies, and agreeing to secret contracts and opening spiritual doors to them and stuff like that. It is a secret programming and a battlefield of spiritual warfare, essentially. These ideas get pretty damn esoteric. I know that sounds crazy convoluted and intricate and subtle, and it is. In some ways, you could be unconsciously or subconsciously agreeing to coming over to their way of thinking, or who knows. And I'm not putting on my tinfoil hat here. I'm just explaining to you how this stuff actually works according to these people. 
from an occult perspective. People are making contracts all the time and have no idea that they are doing it. One of the guys I was reading straight up says that CERN is, and that the Large Hadrian Collider is, legitimate sorcery. Or techno-sorcery, I guess. And yeah, it is all very insidious and can make people paranoid, so don't overanalyze it. The movie Interstellar is a reference they use, or even the movie Stargate. But there's like a whole litany of these movies that they got reference for. Even the Marvel movies are thrown in there. So the people who have researched all this CERN stuff and come up with a lot of their theories have fallen into a black hole of a rabbit hole. That seems unending. And I feel bad for them because a lot of these people get like completely absorbed in this and it seems like it really messes with their mental health. But on top of opening portals to different dimensions, they are also allegedly creating new timelines. Or even screwing with time altogether. One of the agendas in the end by researching the God Particle is to manipulate time itself after all. Even erase or change our current history, in our current age, in our current timeline. Some theories state that realities are being created and shifted by CERN, leading to a plethora of anomalies in our world. Including... The Mandela Effect. But I want to get into all of this kind of interesting stuff on a later episode of CERN. One of the topics about it that I did find really interesting though is that the world ended in 2012. Like it really did end. Did the scientists at CERN actually destroy the world all the way back then with their Hadron Collider when it really got heated up? And right now we're all dead or in hell or in some other world right now. Or even in a simulation. There's a cliche argument that nothing has felt right or the same since 2012. And in a lot of ways, me personally, I do kind of feel like that was the, the date that my life like started to get really weird and like off of how stable it was before. And I'm not saying that I'm like fully invested in this idea, just that I can relate to it. Because yeah, it seems like around 2012 is when my life started to go sideways a bit. Not necessarily in a bad way, but just the way I saw the world before 2012, the way I knew the world before 2012 died with 2012, kind of a thing. This theory states that Stephen Hawking's fears were right, and the Collider destroyed our reality as we knew it. Maybe we all died back then and were put in a simulation, and now everything is all messed up and weird. Or our original timeline became compromised, damaged altered, and we don't exist in the same space-time current as we did before. I feel like a lot of people can say that their lives have changed dramatically and it never went back to how it was like before 2012. Not necessarily in one way, but I feel like the vibe or just, you know, something like that. It just wasn't the same af again after 2012. And I've talked to a lot of people over the years who have said the same thing. It's not just me. I feel this way outside of this whole conspiracy theory, like as a real feeling. And I'm not alone. Stephen Hawking said that if scientists at CERN ever discovered the God Particle, then catastrophic vacuum decay would begin to afflict the universe. And this catastrophic vacuum decay uh, is theorized to be immediate sometimes, but also other people outside of Stephen Hawking said that it could be gradually over time and not obvious. It would undermine space-time itself, 
degrading the entire current of our timeline in this universe. And I'm not even going to pretend like I understand his theory, because people also say that the collapse would come all at once, you know, and uh, if Stephen Hawking was right, then things seeming off after 2012 could be the effects of catastrophic vacuum decay. We may need a chosen one to bring balance back to the Force. Or if, like, in the midst of our self-destruction or the destruction of this universe, interdimensional aliens, like, exterior to our universe, they could have, like, come and saved us and put us in a simulation, as some people say. But these aliens didn't fully get, quote-unquote, everything about us or our culture or our history, so it's a little bit off, and the simulation isn't 100% accurate. But the most well-known idea is that scientists at CERN are opening portals to other dimensions with the Hadron Collider, to which one of the lead scientists at CERN admitted is possible. See, these, these quantum physicists believe that endless dimensions and alternate universes exist, and they think that a particle such as the God particle on our side should affect the same type of particle on the other side. It's so bizarre that this guy, he actually posted this on Twitter as well, um, this guy, one of the, the lead scientists, saying that things could come through the portal, or they could even send things through the portal. This certain employee goes by the name of Storm on Twitter, so go check it out if you want. But make sure not to harass or troll, just be chill. However, this is all... It's very Lovecraftian, right? Super Lovecraftian. Um, Snopes fact-checked this tweet, which was hilariously, idiotically dystopian, but this portal was opened in 2022. You may have heard of the strange cloud shapes in the sky over CERN that looked incredibly anomalous, and then the shills went into overdrive to discredit it. I remember when this was big and they were going hardcore trying to debunk it all. I don't know how legitimate the videos are or these claims are, but they did say that they were doing that portal stuff back in 2022. You can also go check out the videos of these alleged anomalous clouds in the sky over CERN. They're pretty interesting. But luckily, Yogg-Sothoth has not destroyed humanity yet, or our time-space continuum.
there thanks for listening to cryptic chronicles the show is sponsored by blueberry and if you're interested in starting your own podcast use our link we'll even give your podcast a shout out go to crypticchroniclespodcast.com and click on the blueberry link on the homepage. by doing so you'll be helping the show blueberry is optimized for itunes as well as all podcast hubs you won't have to worry about expensive contracts or fees in fact you won't have to leave your own website you'll have your own rss feed and no third-party sites Try it for a month free by going through Cryptic Chronicles. Also, if you're a fan of cryptic content, please support the show on Patreon. By giving just $1 a month, you can really assist us in posting more content frequently. You'll also have access to bonus ad-free episodes of the show and the Discord channel. To keep up with all Cryptic Chronicles content, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and of course Facebook. Give the Facebook page a like and join the Cryptic Chronicles group. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for supporting the show. For most of all, thanks for But not only does the Collider create portals to other dimensions, allegedly, it also blinks objects in and out of existence. Here's a clip from an article originating from the website StrangerDimensions.com. Quote, Perhaps related to the strange activity in the skies above CERN is the incident of November 2009, when an Iberworld Airbus A30-300 allegedly vanished temporarily. As the story goes, the plane was carrying 170 passengers and had been heading towards Santa Cruz, Bolivia, when it seemingly disappeared mid-flight. The plane was then reported to appear roughly 5,500 miles away at Tenerife North Airport on the island of Tenerife in the Canary Islands. According to an Inquisitor article published in 2016, some believe CERN's Large Hadron Collider may have been the culprit of this mysterious turn of events, given that it had just been circulating beams the previous year and was preparing to do so again. Prior to November 2009, the LHC had temporarily been out of commission due to a malfunction dubbed the Quench Incident, which occurred on September 19, 2008. Liquid Helium vented into the collider's tunnel, damaging 53 superconducting magnets. Purveyors of the Airbus theory believe the strange event may have happened during the preparations for the LHC's relaunch early in November. According to the theory, scientists at CERN had accidentally produced some kind of time warp during one of the LHC's startups. They immediately shut down everything. LHC machine coordinator Dr. Mike Lamond said officially that the shutdown had been caused by a bird that dropped a bit of baguette, causing the magnets to heat up and almost result in another quench incident 
as reported by The Telegraph on November 6, 2009. And yet, some didn't buy this explanation, believing instead that it was a cover-up to prevent the public from finding out that the LHC had accidentally opened a time portal, or so said the Inquirer. The so-called time warp, or so the story continues, was caused by the LHC distorting Earth's magnetic field, creating a time wave that reverberated through the planet's core. The wave passed through the gate of the sun, an ancient megalithic stone arch in Bolivia. It's believed by some to be a stargate itself, a portal to other worlds. The time wave then continued until it made contact with the Iberworld Airbus, temporarily displacing it in time and space. According to the bizarre tale, all 170 passengers, along with the plane, spontaneously teleported 5,500 miles from Bolivia to the Canary Islands, where they were able to land safely, though confused. The true story of the Airbus or Air Comet A333 may in fact be a little less extraordinary, depending on what you want to believe. According to the Aviation Herald, the plane was meant to perform a flight from Madrid, Barajas, Spain, to Santa Cruz, Bolivia, but somehow wound up in Santa Cruz de Tenerife, Canary Islands. Reportedly, the crew had confused the two, though the story certainly leaves a lot of questions. End quote. I plan on getting a little bit more into this portal type stuff, at least with a more focus in a later episode on CERN, so look forward to that. Supporter of the show, Mr. Wigglesworth, supplied me with a ridiculous, a ridiculous, insane amount of, uh, of stuff to work with. So I can probably, like, squeeze out many of these episodes, actually. What do you think? Should I spread them out or should I do them all at once like I originally did with like the, the Nephilim stuff? We'll see how I feel about it. But look forward to more episodes coming down the pipeline on CERN LHC type content. And believe it or not, on top of all of that, the whole LHC opening portals and stuff, this actually allegedly ties to a much bigger agenda of opening doors to the old gods. Or... Um, I guess depending on the point of view, it could also just be considered entities like beyond the veil, beings of the spirit world, or even actually stargates to other worlds where these old gods might be, like literal alien planets. And if you're a fan of Hellboy and the Stargate series, um, this plot probably sounds awfully familiar. But here we are. History has left us with baffling structures that seem to spit in the face of technology of the era in which they were created. It's hard to comprehend how humanity could build such wonders despite the primitive state that we were in at the, these points in history. Some people try to say that they know exactly how these megaliths were built, but they are either lying, willfully ignorant, or indoctrinated. The truth is that there's just so many anomalies with these, uh, these ancient structures they just don't hold up to their theories. Like how these megaton blocks could have been transported to elevations where like you can't even really breathe the air, much less muscle into place these like 10,000 ton bricks 
and the sheer mathematical precision that a lot of these megaliths show is only really able to be replicated in modern times with all of our technology. A lot of these megaliths have such precise and accurate measurements, you can't even insert a needle or a razor between the stones. Not even a human hair. Theories along this mindset look towards humanity's ancient past and how pretty much every ancient civilization had a story of the gods coming to Earth. They're all different, but they all have them in one way or another. And there are many ways these stories can be interpreted, with some saying that a lot of this imagery that we find in ancient cultures is people in spacesuits or UFOs. If you're a fan of ancient aliens, then you know what I'm talking about. You know, they say like a lot of these biblical encounters with prophets, for example, like, um, what are they called? The wheels, I forget the name of them, but the, the type of angel that looks like a UFO, kind of. But um, along these same lines, another idea is that the gods came through portals. And it's through these portals that some claim that the Large Hadron Collider is trying to recreate. And then, of course, there are the children of the gods, the Nephilim in Hebrew lore. And again, all ancient cultures have these tales of demigods. In the apocryphal text of the Book of Giants, it states that when the Nephilim died, they became unclean spirits, attached to our world, and unable to move on. There is a veil, essentially, that separates them from the normal world that they can't necessarily go through on their own and can only interact with our world in extremely subtle ways, other than if specific circumstances are met. But that is completely, it's like um, getting struck by lightning twice, kind of rare. Some say the servants of these interdimensional beings are trying to inhibit this veil using the Hadron Collider. And you know, this is also could be seen even outside of the whole Nephilim stuff, just to create a portal for the very gods themselves to come through to our planet, or even their demigod children. From this idea, the scientists are essentially secretly trying to create doorways for the gods to return. And with many people thinking that these alleged gods were actually aliens, this whole idea opens up a pretty interesting can of worms. Could the scientists be trying to open some kind of stargate? Like literally similar to the science fiction movie? What if there is some eldritch abomination that comes through? I have so many questions. And it was through these portals that the gods came to Earth. And they and their demigod children could have supervised the creation of all of these ancient, unexplainable structures on Earth. And according to this theory, the scientists of CERN are secretly trying to reconnect with these beings. With varying ideas on just what this objective is. So this idea is actually similar to what I was saying earlier, just less demonic. About how like the Nephilim are trapped here, just in like a parallel dimension. Uh, but it, I mean, I can't really easily explain it, to be honest. This is very intricate and got a lot of variables. Use your imagination. But one of the most popular and the ones that actually has, like, I guess if you really want to look at it as evidence, it does have evidence to back it up. But one of the most popular ways to look at exactly what they're doing with these old gods is to resurrect Osiris. The global elite are trying to open up gateways to the old gods, but the main one that they're trying to bring back is Nimrod, whom they also associate with Osiris, as well as Gilgamesh, and pretty much all the dying god-type archetypes. 
like all of the different various dying god type archetypes they see as the same god, Nimrod. And this actually gets really interesting and I look forward to explaining it on the next episode, going really into the Nimrod thing. This is just kind of like a basic overview and a preview for what's to come. But Nimrod was an ancient king who actually lived and who was or was not a legitimate Nephilim. Outside the conspiracy stuff, these elites are, I don't really like calling them elites, more like ruling class, but they are pretty real and related to each other, especially in America and um, Europe, and all extremely wealthy. They mostly come from the same family tree, even the Merovingian. Even the Rothschilds are a part of this family tree, and pretty much all of our world leaders or people in charge of powerful institutions can be traced back to this bloodline. Which I, I know what you're thinking, and yeah, this coincides with lore we've talked about before, specifically like the Nephilim stuff, and also in reptilian lore, which is pretty cool. But I guess like all of this conspiracy, paranormal, I don't know what the exact word for it is, but it all kind of overlaps in a lot of ways. And these elite families donate millions and millions to CERN regularly. Protect CERN, throw out propaganda for CERN, you name it. And CERN regularly does their bidding. But even stranger still, the Merovingian family tree even has connections to pharaohs from ancient Egypt. Allegedly. Literally all these elite families, or at least like 90%, are part of secret societies with esoteric leanings that originated from Egypt. This brings me back to the CERN tunnel ritual with the scarab stuff and the like Egyptian symbolism of reincarnation that's there. A lot of the conspiracies that cover this angle are very religious, so they add like all this demonic stuff to it and devil stuff and whatnot. So if you ever go look look into it more, just expect that. But in this conspiracy theory, apparently the invasion of Iraq was over secret objectives hidden from the public. And I know it's cliche as hell not to say the reason, I mean, to like the reasons for invading Iraq were dishonest and ingenuine, but hear me out. This whole idea revolves around the elite being the remnants of Nephilim or at least some kind of weird bloodline. And these bloodlines could be possessed by Nephilim spirits. And the current elite blood has been so watered down over time that they are not really the best hosts anymore for Nephilim spirits to possess and whatnot. To bring back, the old rulers then need an anchor, something for the spirits to contain themselves in when they cross over because gross matter can't go through the portals made by the Large Hadron Collider just yet, at least in this form of the conspiracy. And the core of it revolves around the idea that the elites are purposely like making conflict in the Near East so they can go about their real agenda of collecting ancient knowledge, artifacts, and even DNA. Which... <laughs> To be honest, these conspiracy theorists do have a lot to work with concerning all the shady stuff that happened during the Iraq War. The first recordings of the Iraq War that we got was soldiers going through museums. It even gets weirder in uh, some of Clinton's emails that are very real, where she's talking about capturing the resurrection chamber of Nimrod and the location of the legendary character Gilgamesh from history. Why is she talking about this in her emails? That seems like that's a pretty weird thing to do. And just how is this all connected to Osiris? Well, Nimrod 
was called Osiris in Egypt, apparently. So it could be a reincarnating spirit. Or more likely, as I'll get to in the next episode, there's a valid reason why Nimrod goes by so many different names, and there's so many different mythical stories connected to him. They're all different, but about the same god. And the reason why they're looking for these graves of the legendary people kind of go along with that. Allegedly, the elite learned to clone bodies a long time ago. If they find these graves, they can actually clone the body of Nimrod and bring the spirit of Osiris through the portals made at CERN with the Hadron Collider and put Osiris into the cloned body. Demons can influence and sometimes fully possess, or spirits I should say, but demons can sometimes fully possess specific bodies that are easier to get to because of the bloodline or any kind of past contract made with ancestors or something like that. So by doing this and pulling Osiris over to a specific cloned body that it had already inhabited, this would be perfect for a demonic possession where the spirit could take full control of the body. If they can clone the body of Nimrod or really any Nephilim, like a pure Nephilim, then the spirit of Osiris would just flip right in and it would be at full strength. Easy peasy. Sounds a lot like a movie or video game, doesn't it? And there is a lot more to this, of CERN bringing back the old gods. It's not just about Osiris at all. There's a whole thing about the Celtic god, the green man, Cernunos, the horned god. And there are still myriad different views on the topics we've already covered. So let's hope that Cthulhu just waits a little while longer before coming through the portal to annihilate all humanity once and for all. all for today's show. I hope you enjoyed this first episode on CERN conspiracy theories. Cryptic Chronicles is available on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Spreaker, Stitcher, and basically all podcast hosts. You look for us and we're there. If you can, listener, please make sure to comment or like, specifically review. Reviewing will really help out the show a lot. So if you can, like you're on iTunes, give us a good review with a comment by it. This will really help out. We're trying to grow a bit. Also, I'm trying to grow the Twitter account. So if you can go, I'll leave a link in the details of the show. If you can go follow us on Twitter, you're awesome. Thank you. And as always, I'd like to thank my current supporters of the show. MJ Calvo, Adrian, John, Celestial Weavers, Alien X, Lorna Grubb, Linda Gonzalez, Angela Delaire, Ashley, Ashley, Brad Herbert, Lawrence Lee, Patricia Coles, Kayla, Max, 
Michael Worrell, Jimmy Woods, Grotius, Sophia Owens, Scott Wellman, Ashley Thompson, Matt Poland, Johnny Wick, DeYale Adams, Danny Van Heck, Carnage, Jesse Leach, Austin Monday, Michael Graham, Ed Hawks, Trustyol Senpai, Lex Lazarus, Brian Nolan, Jared, Matthew Lawson, Jismuk, Space Coin, Gary Hetzel, Tom McClurney, Colton Spenner, Justin, Miyamoto Musashi, Jeremy Gross, Psychic Terror, Jacob, Neil McBride, Cameron Sanders, Robin Van Patten, Ryan L., Lee Gray, Rosalinda Gonzalez, Jonathan Jackson, Brandon Wigglesworth, Cody George, Annie Dadon, TD777, and Emily Schmemily. Thank you so much for supporting Crypto Chronicles, but most of all, thanks for listening. And as a guru slash cult leader once said, Mind, a beautiful servant, a dangerous master. <laughs>